This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! Break a shot! Oh, a goal! Mike Reddy's foul! Far post for Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Gets to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! Well, Swindon Town are out, but not down as they took promotion Paramore's Peterborough to a 1-1 draw in the EFL Cup, which went to penalty shootout, which unfortunately we were on the unlucky side of. And joining me today to dissect it is my man who went all the way to the fens. It's Daniel Hunt, ladies and gents. Good evening, JR. Hello, everyone. Happy new season. It is upon us. It's all. It's all very happy now. I've been. I've been looking after the pod while Rich is on holiday, um, and I only have one small criticism um, because you know I've been told I can make this exactly how I'd like, and you know we're very very appreciative of Rich and everything that he does. But do you know what one problem is, Dan? Go on. The man's too proud, right? And so it gives me good duty to tell people before we proceed that, you know, the pod is always free for people to enjoy. But if you want to support Rich and his uh, project and what he does, you can actually find the Low Strangers on Patreon. There's no tears or anything like that, only happy times, and that you get ex- access to exclusive content. And you can even join uh rich and the gang on one of the ill-fated watch-alongs as well so that is an option for people to look out there um he never plugs it so i'm gonna stick it in now that was good there nice little sneaky plug through did you like that 
I liked it. No tears, only tears of joy. Absolutely. I'm absolutely. sure we're going to win one of those watch-alongs one day. I'm sure we will. Well, the thing is, is the thing now we it may well have been a watch along yesterday if before we get onto your you know your sterling efforts in supporting this club in the AFL uh, early rounds it is somewhat ridiculous that there's no there's no conceivable solution for people to obtain through well either legitimate or illegitimate means an opportunity to watch these games especially when the AFL you know seems to always be griping about how competitions being denigrated in some way yet you you give broadcasting licenses to people who are unwilling to facilitate more than hollywood poster boy games it is somewhat absurd isn't it yeah even just taking the uk arm of the streaming um to not have a midweek game uh available for fans to stream you know and pay feels a misstep now um we're sort of so far down the line with it, it yeah, it really does feel like a big miss. You and I are of the kind of age where, you know, the early days of Sky Digital, you could do things like focus on each individual player when they were getting very experimental with this sort of thing. <laughs> so there yeah. must be there must be a way where you can get the same feeds that they're getting, even if they were offering, say, when you have your £10 day pass on Now TV, even if they're offering, you know, commentator-free just those VO cam streams of things. I would have paid £10 to watch that. And even that as a solution to just have a commentary stripped. It's just the live footage from the stand. People would pay. And having yeah. that not out there is 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 bizarre. I feel like the next time the bidding comes around, some kind of package akin to having everything on demand always would be in the offing, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, there certainly was a match feed because um, in the stadium at London Road, they had um, sort of the match on the big screen. They had replays of the goals and stuff like that. So um, there's also, if you look on the iFollow app today, Swindon fans, you can watch um, a full match replay. So the cameras were there. The footage was available. It's just, yeah, because of the um, the sort of competitions um, TV rights deal. Um yeah, no fun for a slot at home. But yeah, it actually made my mind up to to travel to Peterborough, which you know, it's cost me forty pounds in petrol. But um, I'm really glad I went. It was an enjoyable evening, and we're going to talk about why there were so many positives. Um, it's just a shame we uh, we stumbled at the penalty hurdle, which isn't unusual. <laughs> No, your your commitment is is certainly a positive from that. Now, you know, I've only been doing the pod in the in the Morfuni era, but in that time, every every time in this uh, competition, we've been drawn against a team that's been a bit of a schlep up the country, and each time you've made you've made that sacrifice and journey. You did Cambridge, uh, you did Warsaw last year, and the less said about that, uh, the better. <laughs> and I'm hoping that yesterday evening was a bit of an antidote to well to at least Warsaw anyway probably quite similar to your Gamebridge experience two years ago yeah absolutely it's um two out of three years in bad I suppose um there was definitely parallels with the Cambridge uh fixture last night um good performance draw penalty defeat about two and a half hours cross country um sort of similar trips to Peterborough and Cambridge by road from Swindon um yeah, and then obviously stark contrast last year where 
you know, at half past six when you saw the the team selected and you'd seen that Scott Lindsay had basically thrown the game um, and that the feeling of rage I had at that point. Well, you know, looking back on last night at Peterborough, we've played basically the strongest team available. We've given it our best crack. We've played well and, you know, happened to have lost on penalties. So, yeah, I am a, a, I'm a content Swindon fan, I think. Flynn and Hatswell are getting some good early ticks in the box. Yeah, now talking about lineups and tinkering, because we previewed this on the presser. We had a look at the uh you know, the speculative team that would have would have walked out at Colchester and Flynn was being quite coy um in the presser to kind of say that, you know, he's not sure what he's going to do in regards to tomorrow, yet we're all kind of thinking there's not really a lot of wiggle room in terms of what he can do. And uh, it mostly looked uh, the same, except for um, no George McEachern in this side. That seems to be a straight, straight swap for um, Liam Kinsella, and he has a uh, a mystery summer illness. Is it just me who gets a bit twitchy when these sorts of things happen? <laughs> well, for now, uh, take Flynn at face value. Um, McEachern, poorly um, missing from the squad last night. Jake Kane was at the ground. Um, he had a a back spasm, says Flynn. So um, he was the unlucky man. He didn't make it onto the bench because, of course, it was nine sub spots available last night. Peterborough used all nine, which probably meant that Joe Tomlinson got in the squad. Uh, and Swindon only used seven, including uh, youth team scholar Jackson Brown. So good experience for him. Um, but yeah, let's hope um, we see McEquin in the squad at the weekend. That'd be heartening. But as it was, um, Kinsella and Khan at the base of the midfield behind Kemp uh, both played pretty well. Um, I think that, you know, they're both capable. I think what McEachern's got above Kinsella and Khan, though, is just that out and out footballing ability and creativity. I think when we get to see McEachern and Kemp in the same team on the park together, hopefully at the weekend, um, yeah, I mean, that's got to be two of the best footballers in the league playing in the same midfield. So that is a salivating prospect. Yeah, it certainly is. I can only imagine the subs thing is a bit of confusion because I think you get, is it you're getting nine subs in the Premier League and Championship, but only seven down our way. And I, I shouldn't have been so quick um, to, you know, spread doubt over George McEachern's illness because <laughs> I have looked back and it has got the all-important, it's got a thermometer emoji on the uh, on the Swindon social. So it must be well, really there you right. go. Oh, exactly. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, everybody kind of looking as you as you would expect. And I, I had thought that we would have Peterborough because I thought that they would tinker a lot, but by all accounts, they put fairly strong opposition out, didn't they? Yeah, well, Peterborough and uh, Darren Ferguson showing a lot of respect for the Cup. Uh, from what I can tell, they played the same back nine as one at Reading at the weekend. They changed the two centre-forwards. They brought in uh, Tishmanga and... Uh, oh, uh, Ricky J. Jones, who um, is sure quick. Um, you can be sure of that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, good test for this Swindon side. It, I think, you know, if you're looking for a barometer of where the Swindon squad's at right now, we've arguably had the better of the game. More possession... Um, more control. I think 
over the match, though, what you could see was actually Peterborough, when they went forward, were slick and um, did possess that third-tier quality, which meant even though they had less of the game, they still, um, you know, still looked threatening when they did go forward. Well, I was listening on the uh, on the radio and having a run, and I did get a bit of a case of the Scott Lindsay's to start with because it sounded like you know, we came out of the traps, yeah. you know, in that opening five minutes. But it wasn't long before Swindon found themselves behind, and you must have been wondering, um, you know, whether you could, um, you know, get your car parking early at that point, going down that <laughs> early. Well, I got to say, um, talking of car parks, three pounds to park the car. Um, right next to the ground. I was happy with that. But yeah, you're right. Um, Swindon started the game well. Looked very controlled. Uh, had more of the ball. Um, one occasion where Hutton's first touch let him down a bit. Otherwise, you know, I think that would have been a very promising moment. And then, like you say, kind of Peterborough's first real attack. Um, the only sniff Peterborough had before that was... Um, Jay Jones threatening to run through and Godwin Malief showing us his kind of outstanding recovery pace to get back and uh, get a foot in. But yeah, um, the Peterborough goal, unfortunately for Charlie Austin, came from a bit of an errant crossfield pass. I think he was aiming for Hutton on the right wing. Uh, I think the pass needed to go in the air, played it on the floor and it was intercepted, which... Whilst being unfortunate, also meant that Hutton was badly out of position, so we had no right back. Um, and two passes later, Joel Randall was uh, cutting in past uh, a slide tackling, diving Kinsella, who you know just overcommitted, made it a bit easy for Randall to cut inside and uh, curl home to the back post. I'm still unsure if Tom Brewitt got a bit of a forehead on it as he's tried to get in the way of it. But either way, um, a lovely turn and a, a good finish. He looks a very good player, Joel Randall, ex-Exeter. I'd say on the night, him and uh, Kemp looked the two outstanding players on the pitch and they're both playing in that kind of hole behind the strikers. So, yeah, two, two good players to watch. I don't know if, now, I don't know if this was just my, um, you know, my EFL uh, I follow audio coming through, but I only had the away comms. And for some reason, you had you had friend of Swindon Town, um, Gav Zekouani on co-coms, uh, oh, very yeah. woo it. But the main commentator kept calling him Browit, despite the fact that <laughs> Zekouani said Brewit every single time. He kept reverting back to this Browit thing, and it drove me absolutely crazy you're you're gonna get a reputation for yourself though Dan always having a having a dig at this young man could he could he not do any right in your eyes <laughs> what? Tom Brewitt yeah Tom Brewitt owes me a pint because I amongst some contrasting views amongst the Alice pod uh faithful last year I have been a Tom Brewitt defender um I have always acknowledged, I think he's a fairly limited footballer, but he's a very committed, wholehearted defender. And I think, actually, what I saw of Brewitt last night, I think is his best performance I've seen of him in a Swindon shirt. And actually, maybe, you know, whilst pre-season looks to have done Hepburn Murphy a lot of good, um, you know, Tom Brewitt also looks leaner, 
Mina. Uh, I was really aggressive in the air, up against some big centre forwards last night. I'm really aggressive on the floor as well. Not afraid to come right up, back through people. Got some excellent interceptions in. Um, so, yeah, a big pat on the back for, for Brewett last night because actually, you know, it looks like Blake Tracy and Godwin Malief um, are going to be penciled in as the two wide centre-halves. They're automatic picks. Um, so it's probably Brewett under a little bit of pressure for his place in the centre. But if he plays like he did at London Road, then um, the shirt is his. So he barely put a foot wrong and um, it's very good. I suppose it's become like a bit of a bit because there's yeah. been a bit of reticence about uh, Brewitt coming in when, you know, when filed or whoever were passing up on him. And then it's it's gradually warmed to the idea that, well, you know, if he's in the squad, that's fine. And just feel like, uh, you know, we don't want to really necessarily rely on him as a first choice. We, we do need some, some depth there, I think, is the main issue, whether it's Brewitt or whoever. We do need a few more bodies to fill that position don't we yeah and um well looking at another one of our new recruits ben double n ward um he came on in a kind of a bit of an unexpected position last night um played left wing back and he deputized at wing back really well um a couple of excellent sort of tracking back tackles um Showed a good bit of composure on the ball. So I think in Ben Ward, uh, well, he's definitely left-footed on what I saw last night. Um, so, you know, he looks like good cover at left centre-back. He's shown he's got a bit of aptitude at, at left wing-back too. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for a defensive wing-back, which, you know, when you've got Hutton on the other side, he's very attacking, then you know, Ben Ward has, has put his hand up to be be an option out there because I, I don't get the sense Flynn is mad on um, Tyree Shade and um, what I saw of Brooklyn Genesini last night and admittedly he was brought on out of position in central midfield which looked a bit odd and you know he played like a man who didn't know central midfield he was probably the only slight downer of the new recruits last night, Genesee, but I don't want to judge him too harshly. He was brought on out of position. He'd only signed the day before, but um, yeah, I think what I saw last night, I, I think Genesee is no threat to Hutton right now. And uh, yeah, he's going to have a chance to sort of develop on the, on the fringes and probably get those games against Arsenal and Exeter and Reading in the uh, Papa John's trophy and see where he's at, you know, He's only an injury away, I suppose, from, uh, from getting in. <laughs> well, well, quite. And I guess the the other the other person to consider in that in the kind of defensive role, big Harrison Minton fan. But I think I would rather I'd rather see Harrison Minton get an effective loan than be in that you know always the bridesmaid never the bride position of just kind of existing on the fringes. I'd rather see him get get some game time. What I did seem to pick up from yesterday you'll be able to tell me better as seeing it in person is that unlike in the days of getting the case of the scott Lindsay's, after going down one nil the heads aren't dropping are they they were trying to regroup and go for it to the point where i think they had to put the sprinklers on to put them off didn't they <laughs> well i'm glad you mentioned the sprinklers because like I say um at one nil down swindon had a very promising attack down the left kemp had just got 
to the byline. Um, and despite the fact the sprinklers had been on for about 10 or 15 minute, uh, minutes, 10 or 15 seconds before that, the ref then decided to hold the game, which was an immense frustration to Kemp and his <laughs> Swindon teammates. Um, but yeah, kind of a good way of killing an attack if you're Peterborough. Maybe roll, bring that trick out again in a, for an important league game. Get the sprinklers on when the opposition are uh, in on the byline. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. Early salvo. So, like you say, after going one nil down, um, Swindon, you know, had a couple of reasonable chances. There's a very good interception from Blake Tracy, which led to an Austin shot, uh, well over, but you know, a bit of a warning shot. Um, Randall at the other end then had a another good chance for Peterborough. Um, getting on the end of a Chishmanga flick on and volleying wide at the back post. Uh, but yeah, after that, it was mainly Swindon up until half-time. i got to say, um, Awakwe and Kemp on the left-hand side of the pitch seemed to have some good chemistry. That led to a, a Kemp cutting in on his right foot and shooting straight at the keeper. Um, you also had, uh, after a corner was cleared, Hutton chipped across back in and brew it got a low header uh, towards the corner of the goal saved well by their keeper Bilakapic is it Bilakapic um yeah and then i suppose the only other thing of note in the half is a bit of a tame Khan shot from about 20 22 yards but you know he hit it fairly well and low um comfortable save but yeah um trying to think other things from the first half that i liked JR. Um, ah, there was one very clever corner routine from our side of the pitch. So Swindon's left, um, played in low to the front post, flicked back towards the edge of the box um, to an oncoming player. I can't remember who the player was, but that led to a shot on target as well. Um, but yeah, just generally, what I'm seeing of Swindon, I think this Flynn 3 5 2 formation despite this being our first proper game of the season, it's already looking very settled. We look well-drilled. I think you can say that pre-season has been well-spent. We have recruited for this formation, albeit some of the recruitments come a bit later than we'd like. Um, So, yeah, credit to to Flynn and Hatswell, because I I saw the first 60-minute match against Bristol City in pre-season. I was impressed that day. I've had friends at the Plymouth friendly who reported back that Swindon looked good. And then what I've seen at London road on Tuesday, where you know, I think if Swindon play like that, and that's, that's the trick now is to repeat that level of performance against crew at home. I, I think if you play that well, you're going to win more games than you lose. Certainly. Um, I think the early signs are pretty good. Pretty good. I don't want to go over the top because you know, I've God must be seven or eight years ago. I remember watching quite a young, changed Swindon side at QPR get a two-two draw. You might remember Jordan Stewart got a goal, and Tom Smith played in midfield. And you're thinking, is that is that going to be the start of something? And you know, sometimes it can be a false dawn. But I don't know. I just I just get the sense with Flynn Hatswell, they're pretty serious operators. I think. It's going to be quite a cohesive 
unit this year. Hopefully we're going to be quite consistent. That's the hope anyway. Your nerves certainly were settled at halftime, weren't they? I, I mean, I saw that Randall volley attempt and it's just one of those, it's, it's a cliche, it's a, a, a real cliche to say about, you know, that some things are easier to miss than to score, but just wide open and thinking mm. yeah that was that was it for the taking and of course because they've gone through on penalties it's probably just not really something that's going to give him a sleepless night but um no, it, it, it seemed it seemed like uh fair and reasonable to go in one nil down at half time i think i noted did fbt get a get a yellow for for being a bit yeah. gobby yeah so it was a it was a Khan foul in the middle of the pitch, which Swindon were a bit aggrieved by, and Blake Tracy wasn't even in in a particularly aggressive manner questioned the referee's decision, and the ref was straight out with the yellow. So I think we're seeing here, you know, often happens, doesn't it? You come off the back of a summer, and people are talking about, you know, new new directives to referees, and you know what they're going to do, and. Yeah, maybe that was a case of that. But other than that, it was a pretty clean game. I think Peterborough had one player booked for a bit of a lunging tackle on Kinsella on the edge of our own box. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, talk about time added on and those new rules. I think there was four minutes added on the first half, eight in the second, which didn't feel massively out of kilter. I quite like the rule change, personally, on the, the time added on. I think when you're charging fans... £27 to watch a game from the Don Rogers stand. I would like those fans to watch 90 minutes of football, so I'm all for it. And what you saw at the World Cup was as the tournament went on, that time added on reduced as teams realised, you know, there is no benefit to dragging our heels and, uh, you know, doing the bits of uh, gamesmanship because that's going to cost you later in the game. So I'm all for it. I think it's just going to take a bit of time to settle down. I've seen some silly stuff in the press talking about, oh, player welfare. Well, I'm sorry, Raphael Varane. (laughs) You've got all the physios, all the data, all the stats in the world about fatigue and your body. Just get on with the game. If you get on with the game, it's going to be four minutes added on, just like the old days. I think that's fair to say, because as you say in the... World Cup, that was the rule, and from the group stages, it did it did whittle down and down. It becomes self-policing in the end, doesn't it? Yeah, um, exactly that. I think it might, it might just take three or four weeks to, to settle down. So, nerves settled, half-time, not too long to wait to have a, a P&A Balti Pie on offer, anything like that, or anything good? There's 336 oh, yeah. faithful made the trip oh. with you. 366. Oh, 66. Don't, don't, don't just knock 30 people off. Come on. Come on. Uh, but no, a, a fair effort, definitely, on a, on a Tuesday night cross-country. Um, yeah, halftime brought, uh, I think it's coffee and a coffee and a Twix, maybe. Um, four pounds, not bad these days. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the start of the second half um, sprung to life almost immediately. Um, Peterborough... I think had they have gone 2-0 up with this chance, Swindon fans would have been feeling very aggrieved. But yeah, almost instantly from the restart, a um, bit of a lucky bounce in the middle of the pitch and Ricky J. Jones powered through the middle of our middle of our defence. A um, little bit of a lack of pace on our part, but Jones is, is rapid. Um, and on this occasion, Murphy Mahoney 
uh, very smart save with um, his right boot down to his right um, and then saved the follow-up shot as well, which was a, a bit easier. So um, I mean, we'll come on to Mahoney and the couple of saves he made in stoppage time, but he looks a very good shot stopper. Um, I'm happy to eat a bit of humble pie on Mahoney. I think I was on a pod about a month ago um, dissecting some of the preseason stuff and some of our early business, and I wasn't I wasn't mad on Mahoney from his CV um, and his size, but he's very good with his feet, excellent distribution. He's shown himself to be a very good shot stopper. He made one absolutely superb save against Bristol City. Uh, in a pre-season friendly. He made a fantastic couple of saves. The one I've just described from Ricky J. Jones and Joe Tomlinson in, um, that must have been like 90, 90 plus four maybe, um, which was a really, really smart save. So yeah, the early signs from Mahoney are excellent. Um, and probably that's part of the reason why we're not in a mad rush to finally resolve whatever dispute or, thing that is holding up the uh, the Lewis Ward mystery. Well, whatever that mystery is, I think it makes perfect sense that, you know, Flynn should just bat those kind of questions away and leave that with whoever is dealing with that. It shouldn't be a priority going into a window. It is, it is what it is. Um, a good host would have, you know, got all their notes together, done their research, but I'm just going <laughs> to go in wild and blindly. That's to my mind, unless I'm mistaken, and I know that it's probably been lost because he's done all of preseason. That must be Murphy Mahoney's professional debut, wasn't it? Well, if you'd done any research, JR, you'd know it's not his professional debut. Um, no, he played, uh, he came on, or did he get the nod late? He's definitely played um, a televised game for QPR and made a couple of smart saves. Um, I think they were in the middle of a bit of a goalkeeping crisis a year or so ago and he played a televised game and made a couple of eye-catching saves but yeah when I refer to his CV not being that impressive um, I think his last loan was at Stratford Town or or someone like that you know sort of Swindon Supermarine well this is what I think I think it was the kind of uh, Southern League is Mythia League level and you you said twice that he had um, a couple of eye-catching games in a televised fixture, which does sound like um, a Wikipedia edit from a family member. But what you tell me is he's done a, <laughs> he's done an Archie Matthews. He's done his he's done his first team appearance, and that's a tick. So, all right, okay, yeah. I'll take well, that. What I will say for Flynn and Hatswell, who you know have have taken the punt and recruited him, um, you know they've obviously seen something they really like in early days, but. I think you're seeing you've got a very good kind of Shea Given-esque, tiny, wonderful shot stopper on the cards. Um, that's high praise. Um, but yeah, I mean, early signs, very good. Well, you very also good. have the, you've got the reassurance as well is that the, you know, the, the internet rumor mill archive will still have it there that this is somebody that Flynn was interested in when he was at Warsaw. So it's not just, you know, Someone has <laughs> waved a waved a flag at various championship teams. Like, who have you got? We'll take anybody. This is somebody that's actually been been identified as a a target to get in on loan. So that's reassuring, isn't it? Yes, very so. Um, yeah, let's move on because um, not long after Mahoney kept it at one nil, um, 
Swindon finally went and got the goal they they deserved. Um, and this came from another uh, excellent bit of anticipation from Blake Tracy intercepting a pass, sort of in the left back position, um, springing the ball forward to Hepburn Murphy straight away, who for the first time in the match found himself one on one up against the slower centre half, Ronnie Edwards, the number four. Um, on the other side uh, was ex Swindon Town man uh, Romney Critchlow, who actually had quite a good game at left centre half and is blessed with a bit more pace. But yeah, I mean, Hepburn Murphy had the pace advantage against Edwards, who was uh, backpedalling, and boy, oh boy, did he take advantage. Um, skipped past Edwards like he wasn't there and had the confidence to finish on his on his wrong foot. And not only on his wrong foot, but he wrong-footed the goalkeeper, who I think was expecting Hepburn Murphy to go to the back post and Hepburn Murphy just delightfully slotted it into the near post like he'd been doing it his whole life. And that is seven goals in 16 starts for Swindon Town now for Hepburn Murphy. Um, I'm touching some word as I say this. I think he's on for a big season. Big, big season. Let's hope so, because I know that Tyler was saying, and I think that this is a good illustrative example of what he was talking about, and perhaps you will agree, that Hepburn Murphy... We saw a lot of times of him, you know, being quick, you know, getting one-on-one, trying to peel off a shot and putting it down the keeper's throat last season. This year, it's not just it's not just running. It's that he seems a little bit smarter with it. And there was a little bit of cat and mouse in the build-up of this that I really quite quite liked. It's like he, he slowed down to meet that pace and then switched feet and edged off. It was... It was considered, kind of calculated. He's using that pace yes, advantage definitely. smartly. Yeah, and I like that. I like that. That's good. Yeah. And Flynn did say post-match, and again, it's easy to take credit after the event, but you know they had been working on Hepburn Murphy having the confidence to go on his left foot. Um, so yeah, you know, more good signs from the coaching perspective. Um, but yeah, he, he was a nuisance all night, Hepburn Murphy. Um, more lively than Austin. Austin didn't play badly, but you'd probably argue it was a quiet night for him. There was the shot over uh, the bar in the first half, which I've spoken about. Um, he's probably a bit guilty of going for the sort of postage stamp top corner there rather than just trying to hit the target. And uh, sort of midway through the second half, there was a deflected uh, a whackway cross, which Austin um, got his head on and flicked it wide at the back post, which, you know, it's not an easy finish, but it's kind of like Austin's bread and butter through his career, um, sort of near post header to the back post. So, yeah, I mean, he's just simmering, I hope, for um, notching uh, a couple of goals against Crew. We'll see. Certainly hoping so. It did seem a little bit, not just in the back and forth, that, you know, a couple of people were clattering into one another, um, people going off for treatment, but I don't think it looked like anything serious, did it? No, no, I think um, so Godwin Malief um, had a sit down in front of us, probably 55 minutes on the clock. That looked like a bit of standard kind of cramping from a man who hadn't had a, a full and proper pre-season. A whackway was down, received some treatment from uh, soon-to-be-departing Swindon physio Alison Willits. Um, and I must mention Alison Willits here because as she came sprinting on, 
uh, carrying a magic bag, uh, sorry, magic sponge in her bag. Um, she quite visibly pulled a pulled a calf muscle as she was sprinting on the pitch. Um, but bless her, she soldiered on, treated her whack way, and then as she was walking back around the the perimeter of the pitch, was consoled by a former physio room stalwart Joe Tomlinson. So, yeah, I guess at this point we could say. Um, Good luck for your future endeavours, Alison, and thanks for your service to Swindon Town. I think Crew is our last game. Yeah, absolutely, of course. And it's, I, I wish uh, Alison well. It's been a really wonderful to hear um, some of the players talk about the the treatment they've had from her. I know that she was very popular there. I work in the I work in the health game, Dan. You know, sometimes you've got little people at home. Uh, you might want something that's a bit more flexible. So there may be opportunities that we see um, Alison in a Swindon coat for um, yeah, other teams, academy teams, maybe even filling in here and there. But the full-time post, um, that's vacated for the time being. And, of course, she leaves with all of our very best. And, um, yeah, I think that you're a bit concerned that there was some disrespectful commenting about uh, Tomlinson and... Alison Willits, that's we can do better than that, can't we? We can show appreciation to uh, yes. people who work for our club that make stupid, childish yeah. remarks, can't we? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, you know, we've spoke offline earlier today. I, mean, I, I don't want to go over the top on this, um, blow up into a big thing. You know, it's probably young men, um, you know, they're at football, it's quite a laddie environment. But as Alison Willits was talking to Joe Tomlinson on the perimeter of the pitch, you know that that's you know two friends who've worked together. Um, you know there was some chance for the back of the stands, something along the lines of, you know, Tomlinson had had uh, relations with uh, the physio, uh, um, which you know when there is a professional woman working, albeit in a men's sporting environment, you know, they shouldn't be denigrated to the level of you know being the butt of the joke in that song. Um, let's just do better, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree entirely. I mean, we 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 have we have nice, uh, you know, diverse fan base, and we probably maybe take it a bit for for granted, but we should be more respectful to uh, our women working in the game. And Absolutely. even though it's just a bit of childish fun, let's let's do better. Let's just say uh, that from that. I meant to say as well that uh, your earlier remark of um, a coffee and a Twix is a pure Alan Partridge halftime snack. So I really <laughs> did. I really did like that. And um, for all that all that friendship and treatment, Tomlinson could have missed his penalty for us, couldn't he? Good God. Wow. He did the silly run-up and everything. It's all the hallmarks of a man about to miss. Um, I, Mahoney did actually go the right way on that one, um, but just sort of went over him. Sadly, uh, but yeah, let's let's round off on the uh, on let's, the second let's, half yeah. because shortly after Swindon made it one-one, and this was probably our best, most prolonged spell of the game. You had a absolutely fantastic through ball to Kemp from Romeo Hurton, uh, defense splitting pass. Kemp did everything right, cut across the defender so that you know if he wanted to bring him down, he would have been sent off. One on one with the advancing keeper, and I still can't believe how he slotted it wide. Because at the ground, I was I was up, I was celebrating, and then it trickled wide of the post. It really was a a guilt edge chance. Um, 
and like I said, Kemp did everything right until the uh, until the finish. But yeah, at this point, as we're on Kemp, I just I want to say I've I've already referred to him earlier as alongside Randall for Peter Bird, you know, the standout quality players on the pitch. And Kemp really is a joy to watch. Um, lovely, lovely footballer. Plays between midfield and the forwards. He looks like he's going to be our sort of key link man this year. It's, and again, it's early days, so I don't want to go over the top. But there are shades of a, you know, he's two inches taller than than Payne. But there, there's definitely shades of Payne in there. When Payne first joined, he had lovely hair, um, lovely left foot. Um, plays with a real joy, you know, it just looks like he was born with a, a ball at his feet. So I think Kemp is going to be a really, really popular player. I hope he turns it on on Saturday in front of the home crowd. Um, but yeah, I just, I can't fathom how a fellow League Two side has let him go. He, I'm already just considering there whether I should just, if you could do regional edits and I could make sure that nobody within the Milton Keynes Enverons <laughs> heard that. Yeah, it does Probably seem got so no peculiar. fans anyway, Joe. Sorry. Um, oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey. um, but no, um, I'm almost resigned. I was thinking about this earlier um, when I was cycling around North Swindon. I think we might as well just consider it as a loan till January because I just don't see a scenario where A, Milton Keynes don't want him back for themselves because he's excellent, or B, they're going to sell him to a club in League One who want to buy him because he's excellent. So, yeah, let's just let's just consider that Kemp's on loan till January and then we can't get hurt, right? And then instead of saying pay pain, we'll be saying pay Kemp. <laughs> give Kemp the cash. Yes, give Kemp yeah. the cash. I like that. That's good. Right, okay, we talked a lot about Dan Kemp. They gave a very impassioned yeah. and very truthful response on that. Can I pick up, though... All summer, we've Please. kind of expected. We've kind of expected that uh, Romeo Hutton would be on his way out, and yet that seems to be very quiet. And Flynn does seem to be a bit of a fan. And with the news when Lavinia left, uh, I guess that kind of made sense. If Hutton was definitely, definitely saying for the foreseeable, do you feel reassured that's the case? Well, it's hard to know because we don't know, do we? But a couple of things give me a, a couple of twinges in the right direction. Um, a, we play three-five-two under Flynn, and if you're looking for an attacking fullback who, by reputation, gets lots of assists, which you know that's that's perfect for a League Two fullback um, playing right wing back in a three-five-two. Hutton's the man. Like, why would you sell him? You wouldn't, would you? He's he's a key man. B, we let Lavinia go to bring in uh, Godwin Relief, which sort of strengthens the case for Hutton further. I think the signing of Genesini is clearly to be that kind of, uh, you know, backup to your first choice wing backs. Um, he's not quite there in terms of first team yet, on, just on the little I've seen. Um, so, yeah, I'll put it this way if we let Hutton go now it would feel more odd than it would have a month ago perhaps yeah and I don't know if people will be raving about people seem very pleased with the with the last week and how it's gone with the transfer window very uh, enthusiastic but 
it does feel like you know the wrong the wrong person out could upset the equilibrium equilibrium okay it's <laughs> definitely too late for long words like that um coming through okay yeah, yes um, on wing backs jr sorry no, no you I, go I just, you're driving it i'm enjoying yeah, it i just i want to <laughs> i want to give um our backstreet boy tarika wackway um Tarik tell me why. Um, I want that to catch on, everyone. Can you can you get on and make that song? Um, Tarik Awakwe looks a lovely footballer. Um, he's much more of a footballing wing back. I'm not sure he's going to be marauding like Hutton. Um, not quite so direct, but very comfortable on the ball. Very good link-up play on the night with Kemp um, on the left. Um, swung in some very eye-catching crosses. Unfortunately, no one on the end of them, but some lovely shape to those crosses. So I think quietly, that um, looks a good bit of business. Um, I think he needs a couple more games to get to full fitness. He was another one who was puffing after sort of 60, 65. But yeah, sort of. Promising, promising. I like, I like what I see. He's a good size, um, lovely left foot. Uh, he should have that left wing back slot sewn up because I, I don't see Flynn giving Shade much chance there if a Wackway, his man that he's brought in and and he's playing well. So, yeah. Um, well, I love the song and I love the chants, and you know that football is back when Dan and Dave are starting to workshop some songs. <laughs> if Charlie Austin is out there and can help, if we can get you on Aaron Carter's Instagram, that would be uh, that would be an achievement. If you could follow in the footsteps of uh, Godwin Malife this week, that would be quite quite extraordinary stuff. I tell yeah, you what, Godwin Malife can sing. It was beautiful. The most it? hilarious thing that could ever happen to Swindon, and it would be the most Swindon Town thing ever, is when we lose a first team player to professional singing. <laughs> that would just be the time I walk away, I think, because then nothing else could happen to this club more hilarious. You see, this could be a more high profile version than, um, you know, when non league teams lose like a, a player to Love Island, that we'd lose him to. Uh, Sony or someone like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's got platinum. It could oh, happen. No, um, lovely voice. Um, I'm sure the club are going to milk that for everything it's worth. Yeah, get let's get a double A side up where we belong, followed by Kramer's singing out for Swindon Town, and um, get them pressed, get them up in the shop. Let's let's get them going. Uh, oh, right, yeah. yes, yes. You say we're wrapping up. We're wrapping up the the game. Yeah. So I've got to tell you about. Um, Wakelin didn't have a didn't have a stellar cameo off the bench. Quite quiet. Uh, I think he missed having a bit of a presence up front to play off. Uh, Jake Young also came on, uh, and with his very first set of touches, almost did something something wonderful. Bit of a mazy dribble and a, a block shot. Um, but yeah, he he looked not like an out and out forward. Young looked like he wanted to play bit deeper come and get the ball deeper and turn and run so um yeah but whilst Wakelin didn't do much he did nearly score from 45 yards uh catching the keeper off his line which 
you know, it would have been sort of goal of the round territory and would have been a, an amazing way to win the tie on about 85 minutes. Um, but yeah, the Peter Keeper actually did very well to track back and tip that over the bar. And yeah, um, unfortunately, despite them not having much of the second half, um, stoppage time, particularly the last four or five minutes, did belong to Peterborough. Uh, Joe Tomlinson nearly came back to haunt us. The Chizzy boy, um, wonderful right foot curling shot saved by Mahoney. Um, there was another uh, shot which Mahoney parried low down very well. I think that must have been on 90 plus nine. And then Tom Brewitt swept in and cleared the rebound. So Mahoney definitely earned his money. They had brought on the absolute man beast, Johnson Clark Harris, who, having seen him warm up in front of me, he's got bigger if it's possible since I last saw him. Um, he is just an absolute battering ram of a centre forward. And whilst he was only on for five minutes, the last five minutes stopped his time, you know, he did put the scarers <laughs> to Swindon um, as Peterborough started bombing a few deep balls in. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't like to play against him every week. Um, he's a monster of a centre forward. Um be interesting if Peterborough are able to keep him beyond August the 31st. Um, you'd think there'd be a few championship sides sniffing. What'd he get? 26 goals last year in League One. So, yeah. But anyway, enough about him. Um, what else have I got to tell you? Uh, da, 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 da. I think we should talk, JR, quickly about potential recruitment to come because I don't think there's many pieces of the jigsaw left to fill. Well, can I, I can we, I can please, we discuss that at the end here? Because now yeah. we've now we've come to like the end of the game, we're going into penalties. Oh, let's you not talk about up, them. Well, yeah. no, I know it's just it's it's kind of a ongoing formality. What I want to ask about this because I imagine you're probably feeling the same as we're all feeling at home that done great to get this far taking them to 1-1 and taking them to a shootout is enough of a buzz. You roll the dice. What happens, happens because it's good enough to go into the next game having held them and having put on a decent performance. You brought up about Joe Tomlinson being a local boy this way and I don't feel like Swindon fans would ever turn on him. But Peter Brazone, you know, from the Fens, Fraser Blake Tracy... I don't know if it was just through my radio comms, but it's like he got a really hard time from the fans. <laughs> well, I think maybe the effects mic picked up more noise than was actually in the stadium. It was a very quiet evening and there was some sort of pantomime booze for him. But yeah, I don't think he made enough of a splash at Peterborough to really get the the full venom of the uh, of the 3,000 Home is this fans. like is this like what they sometimes do on uh, things like WWE where they pipe in some booze and cheers to make <laughs> well, maybe. it seem a bit more okay? Maybe they did, but uh, it did well, you are like... JR, so you tell me. Well, yeah. exactly, by God. So yeah, I did seem like he was getting a, a bit of stick, but like you say, maybe there's just the the pantomime feeling in all of that. But I know, but yeah, well, while, while we're on FPT, thinking, yeah, we're just thinking. Well, will what will be will be. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not going to be too critical. Penalties are a bit of a lottery, even though there's skill involved, clearly, and a bit of nerve and bottle. But Blake Tracy felt like an odd first penalty taker when you had Wakelin on the pitch, Kemp, who went second. Um, 
Uh, obviously, Jake Young, another forward, um, albeit having seen him take a penalty, maybe not. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Blake Tracy did most right, actually. He sort of did the stuttering run up, sat the keeper on the floor, but unfortunately, by a matter of inches, didn't quite get it inside the post. It hit the post. So that was a, a bad start. Kemp took his penalty beautifully, by the way. That might be that might be a penalty taker right there for the season, uh, if you can get the ball off Charlie Austin. But yeah, unfortunately, we only saw three penalty takers, um, and that was that. Mahoney, the closest one he got to was Tomlinson's. I think sort of it went over his dive. But yeah, a, a sort of a bit of a sad end to what was a really encouraging evening. But encouraging enough to go into the next game. And now, now we'll trail back and you can tell me about your recruitment dreams. Yeah, so um, just having a little peer up to my whiteboard. I, I, <laughs> I, love I think if you, were, if you were giving me priority, if I could only make one sign-in, I think it would be a centre-forward. And I know I bang on about this a lot. It's getting boring. Sorry, everyone. But I would like that forward to be either a bit tall or a bit physical or both just to provide a bit of offset against the the rest of our strikers at the club. Austin and Hepburn Murphy are kind of, you know, they're not small, but they're not massive. They kind of, they have a good bit of chemistry together. And like, if you play the ball into their chest, they're pretty effective. Um, Wake Clinton, obviously the smallest of our forward line at the minute. And, you get the feeling he needs someone to play off. Uh, I think you saw that in the last half hour of the game yesterday. Um, and of course, Jake Young, who I'm not convinced is an out-and-out forward. I think he is a little bit of everything in there. I think he may deputise for Kemp, if Kemp's ever missing in that kind of number 10 role behind the strikers. I think you know, he could, could do a job most of the way across that forward line, but he doesn't look an out and out forward um who may prove me wrong so yeah i'd i'd want a bit a bit of monster up front a bit of physicality to you know because there's going to be games where austin doesn't start and you know it would be a good foil for hepburn murphy or wakelin um after that i i liked something you said earlier uh jr about trying to get minton out for a proper national league loan so if you if you could get minton 30 or 35 games in tier five, you know, dare say someone like a Maidenhead United down your way. Hey, there we um, go. We, um, <laughs> I think that would be really beneficial for Minton, better than playing 10 games over a season for Swindon. And, you know, again, something else I bang on about, but if you're not going to have those development friendlies to try and keep those fringe players eye in, then he's better off trying to find a, a national league loan. So maybe, maybe one more centre half, um, and again, if if that could be a bit of a bit of something different to add to that blend, um, so again, size and experience appreciated, but experience costs money. I'm not I'm not sure how much budget is left in all of this, but um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I I think yeah, centre forward's the priority. Another centre half would be nice if it means Minton could get out. And oh, then, yeah, probably bronze medal would be reserve keeper, which, you know, 
we might not do until Mahoney gets injured or recalled or suspended. So we'll see. Well, Mainland is always the one that comes up because, of course, they are uh, a very little team in the National League and they are down the M4. So it just seems to make sense. You get reunion with um, uh, Harry Parsons and Jaden Mitchell Lawson, which would be lovely. Yeah. Is um, Rohan in still there? I, I think so. So there you oh, go. Well, whole, there you go. Get the, all the crew. A whole collective. I'm not, I'm not too au fait on Mainland. I think that both me and Terry are thinking that it would be wonderful and, you know, wouldn't we all love them to go to uh, a big sleeping giant, an older Chesterfield as to whether how feasible that is. I, I don't know, but I think that he's shown from his um, Chippenham appearances that he's, is too good for that level. Um, yeah. And I think you could even argue he's shown it in his Swindon appearances and um, yeah. Yeah. He didn't put a foot wrong last night. He was on the pitch for 20 minutes. Um you know, and as the game is getting a bit, you know, slinging one way and the other, and then Clark Harris comes on, you know, yeah, he's never, I don't think he's ever let Swindon down in turn. He played a really good 90 minutes at Leighton Orient last year. So, yeah, he's he's a bit unlucky not to be in. But um, I think now we need to take quite seriously how we're going to develop him. And if that's 30 games in the conference, Prem or National League, proper whatever it's called um that could be a good thing well i know the that dream, this the dream obviously yeah. is that he comes through and plays 200 games for swindon absolutely let's let's not let go of it we want we want at least someone to have a testimonial again don't we um i know that everything is going to age very quickly because um Presses are late this season and we know that recruitment announcements go very late as well as it almost got caught out last time for the presser so i'm sure that there may be some answers to that kind of stuff i'll say tomorrow because by the time this is we out this will be out on thursday and we'll be looking to friday for that all uh that all exciting presser so i've just got one last little thing to ask you dan please what's first on your itinerary when you win that trip to new york as a season ticket holder Ooh, um <laughs> I think I would be eyeing up some American sport. So who you got in? You got obviously Madison Square Gardens basketball, haven't you? New York Jets, that's American football, right? Yeah, yeah, I Who's think the so. The Yankees? New York. Oh, it's the Yankees, of course, yeah. yeah. So I'm a bat and ball man. I'm a cricketer. So I think, yeah, I'll try and get along and watch some American sport, do a few touristy bits. So uh, I'm a, I'm open to it, Clem, if it, if it lands <laughs> go. in my lap. My, my caravan holiday in Great Yarmouth. Um, you know, it's not quite hit the heights of New York. Um, so yeah, that, that trip would be appreciated. Thank you. Could be next year's uh, incentive thing. It does seem. It does. Maybe this is a a sad thing that I kind of go on, but it does seem a little a little short sighted to just. I don't know why the club leaned so hard on hitting these season ticket hard targets when last year, arguably the weekly walk up was pretty healthy does that not not count for enough or hmm. i don't know well um i i think if it's a coordinated campaign and there's a lot of energy behind it and you get the word out there early you know it can be effective you know when andrew fitton and his consortium first rocked up there was the sort of target 6k campaign and that ran all summer and they had like the sort of blue peter like thermometer like being filled up um you know, week by week. 
Um, but actually, on season tickets, I I gather we're sort of in the high fours, four thousand eight hundred ish season tickets sold. Um, which actually, after the malaise of last year with Scott Lindsay's dour total football, and then Jody Morris cock up. Um, I would say the club's kind of got away with it a bit. Um, and it makes you wonder, you know, why we are acting quite so poor um, monetarily uh, in the transfer market. But, you know, if if Flynn and Hatswell can churn out a side who's going to play like what I saw at London Road, then, you know, they might just be the managers for us. Well, you know, the, the the tinkerings and changings of the last week seem to turn people's heads, go from negatives to positives. I don't think it's glib to say that uh, a result like yesterday and the Plymouth result, looking forward to the weekend, that's going to have a few fence-sitters, you know, raising an eyebrow and thinking about it. So it's not, not that bad timing thing at all on the town's part, is it? No, no, no. So um, the key bit... You know, Flynn spoke about the Plymouth performance being the standard, uh, and we backed it up at Peterborough last night with another, well, arguably a more encouraging display, given it was against League One opposition in a, a proper match, and they had nine of their first team out. Um, so yeah, I mean, the key now, back it up. You know, you've got a home game there against Crew, probably going to have a, a nine thousand crowd. Hopefully, the sun shines. And you send everyone happy and, and thinking about thinking about the year ahead because you know momentum can be built. August is a good time. Um, we'll see. I, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. You know what I saw at the new signings last night. I'm really encouraged. The one I haven't mentioned much is Kinsella, by the way, but he looks like a super busy little ferret midfield, always in the way, putting in some big tackles. Whilst he was slightly at fault on the goal, there's nothing worth hanging him out to dry on. Um, I think he's going to be a really popular workhorse, uh, good shield for the back three. So, um, yeah, the the only one, as, as we mentioned, was, you know, Genesini out of position in midfield. I think it's, um, he'll have better days than that. But yeah, most of the recruitment is looking pretty hot so far well I think I've got my episode title of super busy back ferret there thank you very much uh, Dan I'm going <laughs> to let you go and let's look forward to crew and let's hope that we're going to get three points come on you Reds The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, 
or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.